Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. This is episode number 200 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's right, right here at 1600 Buck Slayer Place in the comfortable, the most comfortable, Sherrard, Illinois. 200 episodes. Can you believe Good it? Shit. In the studio is Kurt. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Eric. Howdy. It's been an awesome journey, you guys. Seriously, and we're so glad to have you here. Can't believe it's been 200 episodes. 200. Can you believe that? We're here, and we seriously want to thank every single one of you guys for sticking it out with us. 200 episodes, and we just wish. We could not be here without all of our partnerships. We want 200 more. We, we definitely do. We're starting off with elite archery. The engineers have been hard at work making the best bows in the industry, some of the most comfortable to shoot. Go to EliteArchery.com, find your local dealer, and check out the Emerge. Mm-hmm. We shot it. Mm-hmm. We love it. Love it. The new flagship bow, the Ritual, it's the one that your significant other might shoot. Right. They love it as well. Kurt, what's next? Tell me all about it. We got Scent Crusher up next. Scent off, game on. We have not mm-hmm. only used the gear bag and the scent closet, 
But here in the studio, because Steve tends to not shower and he fucking smells, we use the room clean. Sorry. And Guys. We love that shit. Good stuff. You also can't forget about HAJ Sports. Single Pin Nation in the Wisconsin T-State. Go check mm-hmm. out com. Also, check out the Virtus Rest. Badass. You guys know 2.2% of all the proceeds go to the veterans' charities. Single Pin Nation. I freaking love my HHA What site. are you, non-American? Right? And if you don't like cheese, I don't know. You can still shoot it. So what's wrong with you anyway? This podcast is also brought to you by Smith's Custom Meats. Goes good with some cheese. Love and that you, shit. you know it's in delightful, vile Illinois. He Take needs it right some off. milk. Take it right off of 67, down a couple haulers. Finest processor in western Illinois. We know you'll love the meatloaf, guys. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So fucking Kurt, good. can you pour me a glass of wine, would you? Absolutely. Ya? Let me just get into this mana cooler right here. These things are badass. I would do just about anything, maybe even borderline sketchy shit for a mana cooler. That's some serious stuff. Without these mana coolers, we couldn't keep these wine bottles chilled just the way we like them. Go to mana coolers and find the style you want, the color you want. 75 quart to the 18 quart bucket cooler seat. That Pretty 18 quart bucket comfy. seat, mine's teal, has that padded seat on top. Good shit. Kurt's wife tried stealing it from me, and I was like, beat it's her not, ass. Not happening, not happening at all. And you cannot forget about Rattler Grips. Handsome Rob. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Go to Rattler Grips Facebook page. Tell him, hey, I heard the Breaking Class Bowhunter podcast, and I'd Gotta love to that. give you some money Gotta for that it. grip. Just want to have it. Got to have it. And we can't forget about Ethics Archery also. Big supporter of the show. Changing the game in arrow inserts. We've been using these spinning inserts for a while and absolutely love them. Mm-hmm, love them. All right. Well, it's episode 200. 200. Let's get after it. It's happening right now. All joking aside, here are your hosts of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing first, sporting a medium t-shirt, looking a little tight thanks to that bush light, a man of very few words, but successful when it comes to Iowa Pope and Young Bucks, Eric Common! Now we have the man, the myth, the legend... Killing above average deer, but drinking below average beer, keeping Steve in line while getting podcasts out on time. Here he is, Kurt Geyer. the record of 0-0 on Pope and Young Bucks, but 199-1 on Badass Podcast. The round man with the square deals, Steven Moller! You suck! Presley sucks! What are you, nine? Who the hell was that? Uh, I have no idea. We had some uh, some weird stuff coming through the uh, the speakers here, but uh, hey, this is episode two hundred of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are here at sixteen hundred Buckslayer Place, the beautiful Buckatorium, wonderful Sherrard, Illinois. I am Steve. In the studio is Kurt. Hi, the real me, the real you, Eric. What's up? <laughs> you are looking a little tight in that medium shirt, and Douglas. How's it going? What's up, man? Oh, nothing. Did our intern like bring some people in to do our intro for us? I don't know, but if they if I found out there was chicks sitting in my seat and I didn't know about it, I am going to be pretty upset. Anyway, dude, this so. is episode 200 of the Working Class Bowhunter. You know why this is really great? Because now you have to get a Working Class Bowhunter tattoo. 
Oh yeah, I'm already going to. That's a given. For I sure. believe a few episodes back, you said if you make it, if we make it two years or 200 episodes, you would get a tattoo. We're going on three. I think years. we all need to go and get them. Yeah, we should. It's that time, boys. It's that time. Yep. Boss beat us to it. He's already got the first working class. But well, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Wouldn't that be weird? There's some silent listener. Yeah, just like some guy that he's like just tatted. walks up to us at I would dear classic glimpse of his sleeve, and he's got like portraits of us, and just walks away. Like <laughs> he's got I a guess. working class bowhunter face tattoo. Dude, that's probably how NASCAR drivers Ooh. feel sometimes. But uh, no, definitely 200 episodes. We're just gonna do a little reminiscing here before we cut to the actual show. I can't really believe we've done 200. It doesn't really seem like it. But yeah. I, I'll not- I do notice that it is 200 episodes when someone's like, hey, remember on episode 100 when you guys were talking about this? And I'm like, nah, sure don't. No, don't, don't no. remember that. <laughs> I, I don't remember, remember what we talked about on episode 100. Uh, what now? Like, come again? <laughs> uh, it took 100 and, well, yeah, this is 199 episodes. I finally got a new seat. <laughs> yeah, so we moved yeah. the studio around. Things are changing here. We're moving on up. Yeah, it seems like yesterday we just talked about starting this. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that was wild. I remember we went to a 3D shoot. So if you guys, uh, for, I'll make it a, a real brief story about how this whole podcast started, just in case you got some new listeners. I had a podcast. I followed. I knew. I found out Kurt through Twitter via our good buddy Jordan Johnson through Whisperwood. Uh, through that, I saw that you know he had tattoos and he killed deer, and I was like, man, that's a cool guy. I want to hang out with him. Followed him. <laughs> so creepy. He po- he said something about he wanted to do a hunting podcast. I'm like, I'm into hunting, and I do a podcast. Invited Kurt this over. Is technically, it. before everybody had a hunting podcast. Yeah, this is like before it. So then we ended up uh, talking about a project and. It took like I don't know. I think like six months of us just kind of getting together. And- it took six. It took. One full month of you texting me every day in November saying, hey, are you, are you serious about this? You want to start it? I'm like, dude, I'm hunting. Like, I'm not doing anything after. Like, <laughs> Don't no- talk to me right now. Until November's over, I'm not doing anything. So, But, no, it was kind of crazy. It just snowballed. We, uh, we went from podcasting in the same room in office chairs and lawn chairs, me facing the wall at my desk and having to turn around <laughs> to talk to you guys. Like, the most awkward <laughs> shit ever and like I, we used to write the show notes and actually i don't know if they're in that window but the window behind where uh, I there's still a show look see eric yep, since I'll you're on that side yeah lift that up. this is a nice little reminiscing there uh, might be show notes on the window we so we used to take uh dry erase markers and write on the window what episode? oh yeah what is uh 37 episode 37, 37. still on the window what what it was smith's season update uh scent control and then sm question marks dude that was like I don't know what that is. That That's was like funny a, though. Episode thirty-seven still on the winder. So yeah, that was that was cool. And then um, yeah, this whole podcast started with me and Kurt. It's pretty trashy. That's still on the window. Well, it's even trashier when you find out how it started. Uh, I I ended up getting a thirty uh, thirty pack of Spotted Cow, and it came over to Kurt's garage, and we wanted to talk Spotted about Cow it. beer from Wisconsin. If you're anywhere yeah. in the Midwest, you know how delicious that stuff is. Oh yeah, and we mm. crushed all mm. of them, and so then. Good. I'm pretty sure we we started that, and we knew what we wanted to do. We did a 3D shoot and with Eric, and then we ended up going to Eric's house. So somewhere, because Eric was like, "Hey, dude, I'm," you know, we, we, me and you knew we wanted to ask him to do it, but it was like, "Hey, let's just go have some drinks." So we go to your garage, and plus you had to get your like your taillight fixed in your old Jeep. I thought that was that long ago. Yeah, we go to Eric's. Uh, that was a gnarly that, night. Yeah, we get that taillight fixed, and Eric's like, yeah, but I can't get too drunk because, you know, I got to I gotta be up at, like, 2 in the morning. Steve's stretching the story out. I know. I'm just, I'm just getting to the meat and taters. 
He's like, I gotta be up at two in the morning. Anyway, we get plastered drunk, ask him if he wants to do it. And then there is a picture of all three of us that we took that night at Alan Jerry's in Eldridge, Iowa. Yep. And I that was like, that photo. I, we gotta find that. I don't think I, anyone does. Who took it? It's a lost files. It doesn't matter. It's but, lost uh, But anyway, there's a, we went history. from, I don't know how many, how long ago we went to, we build an actual studio table. And then we're like, cool, we actually have a studio table to have guests in studio. And then that's we, when it actually became like a studio, it seemed like. Yeah, for sure. And then we had a realization, like, this was only like a few months ago now, before hunting season. We're like, man, the studio's cool. Like, there's stuff all over the walls. We had, like, memorabilia from stuff and sign things to us all yep. over the walls. And it was neat. But we're like, well, we really need to revamp it. So we rebuilt it from the ground up pretty – I mean, for the most part. And it's uh, it's actually a studio now, which feels good. But I don't know. It's just kind of crazy how things work. Super thankful for all the people we've met along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone that actually listens. It still blows my mind that people listen to this podcast. Um, but and they enjoy it. I don't know why, but it's super thankful for that. And uh, I don't know, just kind of excited for the future because right now we got a lot of irons in the fire. we got two big announcements that we can't let loose yet. One announcement's been in the works for a while, um, but we just kind of went quiet on it. But it's things are in the works. Um, we got a lot of stuff planned, and we're just trying to evolve um, always. Not necessarily compete, but evolve in our own way because, uh, to be honest, we don't really give a shit what anyone else is doing. <laughs> uh, people ask us, like, no, we don't listen to other hunting podcasts. Um, we're friends with a couple of them. Nope. Um, but we just do our own thing. We, we're uh, just having fun, and as soon as it's not fun anymore, then there won't be a podcast anymore. But as of right now, I see us going 200 more episodes. No Sorry, problem. Sorry, guys. I'm not having fun anymore. It's like, yeah. Later. Hey, Doug. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Doug's been waiting. Doug's like, I've been waiting for Eric to step down so oh, I can man. take his So he can be the only position. Iowa boy. Hey, you know, here's a here's a big announcement that I might make. Uh, Team Iowa might be getting a fat boy. That's what I heard. The round man with the square deal might back, be moving. Right? I, I might you're be moving to Iowa. I lived in Iowa for about a year and a half. I don't know if we even want you. Mm, I don't That's know. True. I'm telling you what, man. Uh, just, then then so it's going to be three to one. So I have to fire you, and Mark's going to have to step in full time, and then Trevor Schmidt's going to have to get in here too. Yeah, and then they're all just going to start moving to Iowa. <laughs> so it's going to be like, all right, Eric, we'll start. Are you I- scared? I, I worry no, about I'm it. not worried about that at all. But yeah, no, I might uh, just looking for houses, and it's like, dude, I want to stay in Illinois because this is my home. I love it to death. But you know, one gripe that we've always had is Iowa's public land versus Illinois's public Money. land. Uh, the way that Iowa sets up stuff, it just it's it, we're so close to that state that you know you go back and listen to pe- previous episodes. But there's a, there's the announcement. So maybe in 200 episodes, I might have my own little 40 acres in Iowa. Who knows? I might stay. I want to stay in Illinois, but cool. Well, I'm super thankful for this podcast. <laughs> cool. I just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> I'm just like over here bored with our own podcast. I know. Um, now, man, really, I think we've kind of beat this dead horse super thankful thanks to everyone for tuning in if you listen to all 200 man thank you so much i don't really know what else to say to you but um i just i don't know i wish i could high five everyone and go hunting and hang out with everyone that's listened to our podcast like that i just that'd be one wild ass season it's so crazy <laughs> to think awesome. about it's so crazy go to on the road about. but uh anyway enough enough talking about us we're gonna just hustle out the next 200 and uh see how fast we can sink this ship um and on to our guest. Super thankful for this guy. You've heard him on our podcast before. He's in every intro. Um, one of the best guys in the hunting industry, without a doubt. Um, he doesn't need an introduction. 
Um, but I just hope you guys enjoyed this. Let, let us know what you think. And, and if you do, you know, we're at 200 episodes. I can't even believe it. Just go give us a rating if, if you're enjoying the show. If you haven't done already, um, subscribe and maybe invite some hunting buddies. Let's uh, let's grow this together as a family and uh, be on our pro staff. That is the, the Bow Hunters Working Class Bow Hunters Union. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, hey, before we get into the guests, too, I uh, want to give a special shout out. The vet shout out this week. Just want to shout out um, every vet that we've ever had on the show, and that every vet that we've shouted out. Um, you know, everybody that's reached out to us and told us, you know, that it, it blows my mind that you know a lot of vets will reach out to us and be like, "Man, it's the shit what you guys do for us." And you know, to us, we're not doing enough. I mean, we're just giving a shout out, but we want to do more. But I want to thank every service member that we've ever thanked again for their service to this country. Um, again, we couldn't do this podcast without you guys. Um, we love our vets. We would do anything for them. If you guys have any ideas of what we could do better in the next 200 episodes, let us know. Um, go to workingclassbowhunter.com. Find us on social media. Dude, reach out to us. We are going to see it. Um, also, if you do have a vet shout-out, uh, on the Working Class Bowhunter website, there is a tab uh, brought to you by Heroes Hunting where if you go to it, select the branch, we'll do a shout-out. That email is going to go straight to me. doesn't go to Kurt. This is Steve's little project. I finally get my training wheels off, so check that out. And, um, man, thank you to all the vets. So. Thanks, guys. Hope thank you enjoy you. episode 200. We love you. All right, on the phone with us right now, dude, this is episode 200, so we got to do it big and special, and this is one of the guys that helped us uh, get to where we are. We have so much love and respect for this guy. Can't believe he's doing a third episode. Travis T-Bone Turner. T-Bone, what's going on, buddy? Man, how are you guys doing? I'll I tell you what, man, I couldn't do any better if you paid me. I hear you, man. No, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm well, pretty good, I guess. I, I guess I should go ahead and apologize if i uh hawk up a loogie while we're on here i've been been just getting over the flu so i'm on the back back side of that but if i hawk up a loogie i'll go ahead and apologize before that happens you'll just fit right in with our whole crew if that happens yeah exactly (laughs) but man thanks again for coming on it's been awesome and it was awesome running india at ata and getting to chit chat with you for a bit so just before we get into the meat and taters just thanks for everything you've done for us and uh You've earned your way into a permanent role in our intro of the podcast. Oh, man, that's awesome. Hey, hey, and congratulations to you guys. I can't believe 200 episodes, and and uh, I can remember way back when I, I knew that you guys had something special, and y'all got a good chemistry, and I'm so glad that y'all are doing so well and, and just climbing the ladder and just uh, growing like crazy. So just keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate that. Speaking of that, what did you honestly think before you did uh, our show for the first time? I think it was like episode. It was under. It was before episode twenty. Well, he blew us off the first time, so we knew what he really thought, and then he actually <laughs> felt bad because he's such a nice guy. <laughs> no, um, actually, that's something that you know between me, Michael, and Nick. We've uh, as long as we've been doing this, even before Bone Collector, we we you know sometimes it might be hard to lasso us or what have you, but we don't ever turn down whether it be just a. A ra- you know a morning radio show podcast uh we we do all media i mean sometimes we might not be able to do it at the drop of a hat and may, may take a little scheduling but we don't turn anything down we don't tell no to anybody um you know because uh y- you know we we all come from humble beginnings and we realize how important it is and uh you know just 
you know, spreading the brotherhood, the brotherly love, I guess you could say. So, no, we don't we don't turn down any of those. Well, that, that's super cool because I know we talked about this a little bit at ATA show, and you told me that there, and I was like, man, that's got to be so difficult to do all those, you know, fulfill all those requests and then still carry on a family life and travel as much as you guys do and – it's just it's such a workload for you guys and that just says a lot about what type of people you are so um i think a lot of people can appreciate that yeah well and 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 it does i mean it does take a lot of time but at the end of the day you know uh i could be dipping septic tanks for a living i could be bailing hay roofing houses and and to to get to chit chat with folks like yourself and and just to, to talk about hunting and you know talk about and celebrate the outdoor lifestyle you know day in day out and uh, you know, working on bows and visiting people and working on, uh, you know, events and then plus get to hunting. So the whole the whole thing, you know, you got to do a job at, uh, and, and make a living doing something. You might as well do something you love. So it, it's it's not that hard to do once you uh, got a passion and a love for what you're doing. Well, man, that's uh, that's awesome, you know, and um, it's, it, it's really great that, you know, you do get to do what you do and work with like absolute superstars like like Michael. Like how how is he doing? Michael's doing good, actually. Uh, we're um, getting together. All Nick just flew in uh, today, and we're all getting together tomorrow. We got photo shoots all day, and we're doing interviews for new shows. So I'll be with them two knuckleheads all day tomorrow. So, so you're doing that photo shoot for what it do archery, then? Yep, we're doing a photo shoot for what it do archery. Um, <laughs> Play girl, actually, <laughs> camo edition. Ooh, so, uh, I'll tell you what, man, that, that mustache is probably the best mustache in the hunting industry right now. Um, Michael we Michael's not, one of my favorite guys. Oh, yeah, we have not seen Michael Pitts' top lip in years. I mean, <laughs> yeah, actually, we haven't even seen his top row of teeth. It just covers them all up. <laughs> his cookie duster is just right in the way there, huh? That's right. So what's new with you, Bone? Um, you know, uh, just m- more of the same, actually, just getting geared up. We're just finishing up deer season and uh, trade show season, like we've seen you guys at AT- uh, ATA. Went to SHOT Show. Uh, I think I picked up the flu there, so I've been working on the flu for the last four or five days. <laughs> um, getting ready for NWTF next week. Got a lot of Whitetails Unlimited banquets uh, that, that I'll be doing this spring. Um I think we're going on a bear hunt. We'll definitely be doing some turkey hunting. I can't wait for bow fishing. Uh, warmer weather and bow fishing. I'm, I'm so ready to impale some scales. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, how was your ATA and shot show? What, what, what stood out to you? And like, what was the the big takeaways from those two shows? If you had to pick just a few things. Well, um, it, it's a good problem to have, but the ATA show we don't get to really. We're going from booth to booth, and and and. You know, visiting with sponsors, we have meetings, and then when we're not, we're you know basically uh, just doing appearances in booths. So we don't get a chance, and 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 I hate to complain, but that's that's one thing that that I wish because I love the ATA show so much. I wished I could not be me, and uh, you know just kind of one day just go through every aisle because I'm such a archery guru. I just love to see all the new products, even the small mom and pop uh, businesses, and and uh, you know see all the new gadgets that's coming out and all the innovations from all the big companies i wish i could just walk the aisles and talk to the owners of the companies and see all the new innovations but uh unfortunately i don't get to so usually what i do every year is when i get back on social media i ask uh you know whoever went to the show you know good bad or otherwise or if it's a partner of ours or not 
just you know by all means just tell me what you've seen what you like what's the new latest and greatest and then you know luckily with the internet you can go back and check out all the new products and stuff but uh um, it, it was um, it was a busy show for us. ATA is always busier than Shot Show, um, and ATA was a good show. I think uh, I think the dealers were writing orders. I don't think there was as many people there this year. I think attendance was down, but I think business was up. So maybe ATA, I believe, may have done a, a pretty good job of keeping uh, you know just people that are true business. Uh, riders that are in there. So I, I hope that's the way it went. And in SHOT Show, we've got a lot of um, military. There's a lot of police uh, and, and tactical. Uh, so it, it's, uh, we kind of cover most all of our uh, bases at ATA, so we got a little more time to visit with things and visit booths and, and best things and visit with people a little bit better at the SHOT Show. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good point. I never, I guess I never put myself in that perspective for you on – not getting to check out all the equipment and stuff at ATA because you're so busy doing that. Um, one question I had for you, I know you probably saw a lot of it, maybe at the show, the vibe, and, and then on the internet when you got home, um, that new Garmin site. Um, and I kind of just yeah. wanted to get your opinion on it. You know, is, is that a good thing for archery or is it a bad thing for our, well, necessarily more for, for bow hunting? Is it a good or a bad thing, do you think? Well, you know, if it's a. If it's helping you gain confidence and, uh, you know, it's judging the yardage for you. I haven't played with it, so I can't, like, give it a full review, but um, it's very intriguing and very innovative for sure. Um, the technology is uh, amazing that they can do that. Um, you know, there has been laser rangefinders on a bow in the past, but it was always real big and real gaudy. This thing right here seems to be um, pretty slick from what I've seen of it. So it's intriguing as far as that goes now. You know, if you throw the budget in there, it's like, whoa, that's going to be a hard one to sell to mama. Yeah, a thousand bucks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's around you know, somewhere between seven fifty and a thousand dollars. So that's going to be a, a hard one to do. Um, I, I don't want folks to think that they got to have it, but for the guy that is uh, Mister Gadget, I think it would serve him well. Um, you know, it's it's not. You know, you don't want to talk bad about a product, but it's not too hard just to take your old Bushnell. $150 rangefinder, zip a few trees and know that, you know, your, your Hoyt bow's shooting fast enough to where that, that, uh, whatever, you, you know, you're shooting at, it's, you're going to be within an inch or two high or low. So, you know, confidence is key. So, um, you know, I, it, nothing's going to beat the building confidence, shooting in the yard, different angles, the telemetry, bending at the waist. There's nothing that's going to beat good, good, uh, perfect practice. But for the guy who wants the, the utmost confidence in the, the latest and greatest gadget, man, it's nice to know that uh, that these companies are pouring their technologies into things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, um, <clears throat> you know, we've had uh, uh, one of our good buddies, Darren Christianberry, on a couple times, and he always talks about the ability to judge distance and how he thinks that's kind of uh, going the way about, like, target shooting. And we're, we're big fans of being able to judge distance, and I think that's uh, a really beneficial thing for hunting, um, you know, I think that this Garmin, my personal opinion, I, I think that kind of it takes away from from that a little bit. Um, you know, because I, I think it is a good skill to have because you it's know, kind of a handicap on bow hunting mm-hmm. of traditional bow hunting skills in a way. Is it, that is that fair to say? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Meaning, um, you know, my background is competitive archery, where we had to, uh, you know, three D archery, where you had to judge distance and. And I was pretty decent at it, you know, because 
I, I come from so far back, I'm showing my age, that before we had laser rangefinders, I used to take a basketball and throw it in the woods, and I would practice judging distance to the basketball and then walk it off. And I'd have to walk the yardage off before. This is long before laser rangefinders. So that's how, um, you know, I or we would hone our skills way back in the early 90s. So once laser rangefinder came out, I think that's when I got all my weight on is because I wasn't walking. <laughs> Hey, I didn't want to ask, but uh, yeah, <laughs> just trying to put yeah, the laser rangefinders. Why I'm fat, I guarantee you. So, Bone, you're telling us to throw Steve's rangefinder away and throw a basketball and watch him walk all day. So that'll be the next thing we do when we all shoot together. Yep, that's that's I used to do it. I promise you, my my mom and dad used to think I was crazy, but I I take it out there in the field and in the woods and throw it and <laughs> judge distance to a basketball. I mean, I wasn't I couldn't afford to have. 20 or 30 different targets out in the yard and judge distances so that's what i had to do is take a basketball and i judge distance and walk it off and um and, and got pretty good at it you know i mean you you, you learn to uh to, to judge and and uh you know it, it serves you well and it's it's almost like uh you know it's it's nice to have the laser range finder but it's always good to know that you know how to do it you know it's more than just like saying hey that's 40 something yards you got to de- develop a system counting off 10 at a time everybody's got something different or you judge halfway and then double the number uh you know and then judge from the target back to you imagine you got like a 20 yard pole and flip that pole and then what you do is do it at about five or six seven different ways and then come up with a good happy average uh to where you know what the distance is I, i compare it to uh you know, nobody gets the navigation system when they rent a car anymore, and nobody buys a, a Rand McNally map no more. Cause we always <laughs> rely on theory to tell us where we're going. So, right. yeah, the the technology is making it easier to where we don't judge yardages and we don't read a map anymore. Well, we're going to make a classic comeback. So if you make me do that, Kurt, we're bringing it back old school. We're getting the basketball. I'm wearing the Larry Bird shorts. <laughs> that, so there no, you don't. go. You don't have to, man. <laughs> yeah, no, so. You don't have to do that. <laughs> but, Bone, do you think that's something that you've kind of retained over the years is kind of that skill to judge distance without a range finder? Do you think – do you find yourself getting rusty and you kind of have to refresh yourself? I know you shoot year-round and shoot a lot, but the art of judging distance is, is – I guess I'll just yeah, let you take it away on that. Yeah, actually, I, I think I, I still, I still use it. I still, you know, when I sit in the tree stand, I always, I, I mean, you know, just to help pass the time, you know, I always judge, like say, hey, that tree's twenty three, and then I double check with my laser rangefinder when I'm in the yard. I try to visualize like what does forty yards look like, rather than just like drawing the bow back and shooting at forty. I'm like, this is what forty looks like, you know, so. You can always find your 20 and then double that number. So I'm always, you know, like taking in. To say that I'm as honed as I was back when I competed all the time, no, I don't. I, I'm not as as tight as I was. But, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm always looking and, and uh, you know, learning and just, you know, trying to keep that in the back of my head so that you can always rely on that because you never know when that battery's going to die on the laser rangefinder or the battery may die in that site or your iPhone may crash. you you got to... You know, that's part of being a survivor. You got to be able to survive. So, right now, would you um, would you say for anybody who who picked up on this and they say, yeah, I want to try that, um, would you suggest them, you know, probably go in the woods and try and judge distance that way? So, you know, when you're trying to judge forty yards, like if, if you're standing in an open field and you look at an object that's forty yards, that's one thing. But if you're in the woods and you look out there from and, a tree stand, or from something. a tree stand or something. 
you know, and you got a bunch of stuff happening. Would you would you suggest going in the woods, or you know, do do you find it really matters that much? It, it definitely matters. It, all of the above. It plays with your depth of field. Whether you're in a field in a heavily lit field shooting into the woods, it, it uh, the shadows play heavily with your depth perception. So by all means, you can have a big tree that's right that you're looking right past the big tree. You can have a large target that makes it look closer than what it is. So everything affects your depth perception, time of the day, cloudy day, bright day, uh, in, a, in a field, in the deep woods, you know, going from light to dark, dark to light. Everything has an effect on your yardage. And then certainly when you get up in a tree, uh, telemetry does play an effect on it too. Yeah, that is interesting. That is a good point, Steve. Good job bringing that up. But I do notice that, too, when oh. I guess. That's the first time I've ever said that. Sorry, yeah, I was, I was 200 episodes in, and Kurt finally gives me a good job. Man, what a memorable episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to You're doing derail great. this. You're doing great. You're doing great. Way to ruin it now. My bad. <laughs> Bone, do you ever think, man, uh, maybe when you get sick and – you probably won't ever get sick and tired of doing hunting shows and stuff like that, but is there any little thing in the back of your head that wants to get back into competitive archery? Like, Do you think we'll see you on a 3D course or a spot target – course of any time any time ever in the future i i really do want to i mean i i miss it big time i mean the camaraderie and the fellowship and man i did it for so many years and uh you know and, and me and my son we shoot probably you know four to six maybe ten a year but um you know i travel so much on the weekends it's just so hard to to, to get to shoot at a tournament there for a long time um i was at least shooting one big you know asa tournament a year even if uh just going out there and flinging arrows and just you know just staying staying with it and seeing the old folks you know like you know i, I shot with darren christenberry for years and you know levi morgan when he was like 14 years old <laughs> so uh i mean yeah I, I do miss it and uh you know before long i'll be in the old man's class so maybe i'll slide on in there and try the old man's class <laughs> <laughs> who um who's your favorite uh favorite competitive archer out there right now uh, probably, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them. The one I respect the most is Levi um, mm. uh, because of all of his accomplishment. But overall, over the years, he doesn't compete anymore. But the one I've looked up to and has been kind of a, a mentor or someone that I really respected was Randy Ulmer. Um, he's just such an accomplished bow hunter and archer. And, and uh, you, you know, his philosophies on, you know, uh, to how to execute a shot and everything i've always tried to mimic that and i always thought it was a uh something that is easy to adapt to so i've always liked randy Ulmer. but you know uh, dan mccarthy uh levi morgan there's a lot of good shooters out there one thing i was um told to ask you from a good friend of ours <laughs> and uh, i hope you remember maybe you don't i think it was from shot show um they want to know it would be Chase from Rubline Marketing wants to know how was the lobster bisque? Oh man, <laughs> phenomenal! Probably the best. And he was licking his chops because I was eating the bisque. We was at dinner one night, and he's like <laughs> giving me the chicken. I want my bisque. I could tell, and I'm like, you can order your own. But they brought it out. They brought the the lobster meat separate from the from the roux or the the soup. I've never seen that before. He hadn't either. So they put the meat on a, inside the bowl separately, and then they pour the, the soup over top of it so that you can see that you've got chunk lobster meat. So, yeah, it was 
pretty pretty cool presentation and uh, tastes equally as good. So he said there was a big steak that came in after, and you were kind of like, "Dang it, why did I do that?" Yeah, yeah, they pounded the steak, and I had, uh, I think I had uh, chicken risotto, is what I had. So I'm yeah, thinking, good. I I take it you guys weren't at a buffet at a closed down next to the closed down Kmart is uh is what I'm getting this vibe was <laughs> where this place wow. is at. nice <laughs> establishment. Yeah, we got a. We got an invite. The guys from Tacticam invited us to dinner, and, and Chase was with us. And, uh, yeah, no, no, we would have been at the Golden Corral for sure if it would have been on our dime. So we- <laughs> Dude, the Golden Corral is my favorite place because you can wear sweatpants in there, and you're not going to be the only person wearing them. <laughs> no, no, and then especially it's nice to turn your head upside down and, and – suck off of that chocolate fountain they got too <laughs> Dude, that is that is the greatest thing every time i go to golden corral i try to make like a chicken nugget fort and then like a pour gravy all over it because it's like who's gonna judge me here what is this yeah what exactly. am, are, am i gonna get judged there no golden corral is the most american restaurant i've ever been into oh i'm not disagreeing I'm, oh okay i'm just not saying. disagreeing i'm with you <laughs> um i love that place back to the show uh t-bone one, it's so funny that we do this. <laughs> with everything changing with outdoor television and outdoor shows and media from people leaving like Dish Network or cable, um, where do you see Bone Collector in five years? And how do you feel that it's adapting to the on-demand mobile media style platform? I think that we have been, uh, we, you know, we're we're looking at, we're looking at where everything is going. You know, um, you gotta you gotta be able to roll with the ebbs and flows. We we got a really good following, and I don't mean this arrogantly. I mean we, I say this like with with uh, gratitude and, and blessed. But we got a really good following on TV, so we have a high ratings there. And you know, <clears throat> you know, you guys are all younger, and I know the younger generation watches a lot off of of their devices and stuff like that. But we gotta. We got to remember, uh, you know, and I, you know, I say it, it's cliche, but Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, there's a lot of old, old timers out there that like to watch hun shows that don't even have it. They got the old flip phone, so they're going to be watching it out there. So we can't just get caught up with the folks that we see at ATA or a shot show. We got to remember that there are folks out there that are grinding a living and then they got their TV and, and, you know, they put their, their fist down and told their wife, look, I'm paying $3 extra this month because we're getting outdoor channel and that's it. And that's all by God. You just got to leave the lip, the lip gloss off this month because we're getting outdoor. (laughs) You can't uh, buy another pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you, you want to be in all places. So, uh, fortunately we're on my outdoor TV. So, uh, you can watch every one of the last years, the, the, the first eight or nine years of, of bone collector, you can watch on my outdoor TV, which is a digital streaming platform. Uh, we're on some on Carbon TV as well as, um, you know, the Outdoor Channel, which is the, all the new episodes and such, Real Tree Road Trips and Bone Collector. we got a really strong uh, social platform, and I think we're going to start doing more stuff there, you know, having, like, re-edits to where we've got such a library. You know, we've got 10 or 11 years, so we may do some re-edits because there's so much stuff every 30-minute episode that you see of, um, you know, Bone Collector's, probably has 20 hours of footage and there's a lot that you know it's a good episode but there's a lot that gets left on the cutting room floor so we can go back there in there and do some re-edits and and have a lot of stuff that'll be great content for uh social media too but but yeah I, it, things are changing i mean i i'm even seeing it myself you know my son 
He will not watch TV. I mean, he will not watch a TV <laughs> show. He, he lives on his YouTube. I mean, it's like folks are living three to five to ten minutes at a time, and that's that's all their attention span is. So, and I'm even getting tired. You know, I'm in my late forties, and I'm getting tired of TV shows and, and how many commercials there are and stuff. And, right. and I'm even thinking about just kind of dumbing it down and getting a smart TV to where you just have Netflix and you know. You know, Carbon and all the necessities. Sling TV is yeah. is what you need because you can get the outdoor channel uh, where you guys are at. Um, like, dude, it's, it's a la carte like, TV. It's a la carte TV. Yeah, get Sling TV. I got that, so I was able to watch your uh, your most recent whitetail hunt in Iowa, which we got two Iowa boys here, and they oh, can't yeah. get it done on the first night like you did. But yeah, Sling TV <laughs> is uh, is where you want to be for that. Yeah, well, yeah. T- so there's there's lots of things, and you just got to keep a. Uh, Man, and I see so many, you know, YouTube followers and people having YouTube channels and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're, uh, we got our eyes open. We've got a good guy in our office that does the social media platform. So we're trying to, I guess we're old dogs, so to speak, but <laughs> luckily we've got some folks following us and, you know, they, uh, they, they like, uh, I, I guess what we're preaching as far as the brother, you know, the brotherhood and, it, everything doesn't hinge always like on killing the biggest deer. It's all about the fun and the camaraderie and stuff. So with all that, we've got a good following, and hopefully that bleeds over to whatever platform that we're we're a part of. Definitely. Well, you know, i got to say, too, and I, I've told you this before, I'm sure, in other podcasts and when, when in person when we've been together, and, I, you know, you guys are, in my opinion, as big as it gets in, in the outdoor industry. You know, there, so many people look up to you guys because of how – down to earth and humble and just how willing you are to communicate with people that are fans of yours and that's just such a refreshing thing to see and i can remember back i've been a diehard real tree fan since i started hunting since i was a, a little guy i have almost every dvd almost every bone collector every real tree road trips every monster bucks and he's wearing real tree right now actually <laughs> but really though it's um you know, you guys were my my heroes growing up. Waddell's been my idol since I can remember. I have my first buck. I have a real tree road trips hat on back in the day, and like I remember, it's just it's crazy the one that we're talking to here now. But you guys are like the Michael Jordans of the hunting industry. I always hate that analogy, but you guys really are. You're as big but as it true. gets. Yeah. Um, just don't gamble like Michael Jordan did. All right, <laughs> he lost <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> but this, I'm trying to say, you guys have. You guys are it, man. You guys are the epitome. You know, so many logos are based off the Bone Collector logo, and people are trying to mimic what you guys do, and it just can't be it can't be duplicated because you guys are just so unique, and your chemistry is so unique, the three of you, and it's it's just cool to see how how big it's gotten, and um, it's just cool that you're here on our podcast talking to us. It's just a really humbling thing. Well, I appreciate the kind words, man. We're uh... You know, and I've told you guys, I, sometimes I feel like a broken record, but we, you know, we, we all come from humble beginnings, too, and we, we realize that, uh, that that we're blessed and we don't take it for granted at all. I mean, I, I, I figure that I'll be fletching arrows down there with old Michael Pitts and what it do archery here anytime soon, so I better I better enjoy it and make hay while it's sunshine because uh, you never know. You know, <laughs> I mean, we each in ourselves. You never know when things are going to change or, or uh, you know, it's it's been a blessed blessed run for sure so we we're going to ride it as long as we can and we appreciate all the kind words folks say so i can't we can't stand uh you know when when you see people you know that are are, are kind of snobby or in the industry or what have you and you know don't want to talk to people and 
and and we always hate that that people refer we we don't like the terminology of being a professional hunter we are not professional hunters we just happen to be um outdoor entertainers i guess you could say we're not heck half the people that we talk to at, at these events and stuff they're better hunters than we are we just happen to have a tv camera in our faces also no, we, we're grounded as far as that goes so right That's really cool hey you know and and i'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you know we were kind of curious to ask um you know with uh with, with the way that you know kind of social media and everything's happening uh you know there's there's a lot of trends that are starting to go uh, go around in the industry what trend currently that's going on right now do you not like so much and then um what's something that's happening right now that you really enjoy i mean if you want to uh talk about it yeah what trend what trend am i liking right now yeah well well well, well, i'm liking i'm liking to see one we've got a republican as president so i'm liking to see the trend of politicians uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr., we had a lot of good meetings out in Vegas. I'm liking to see that, uh, you know, those, those things are getting put into place or it seems like, um, you know, we, we don't need to let our foot off the gas by no means, but um, t- to celebrate hunting and to hopefully uh, keep it climbing. Um, things that I'm not liking, um, I'm not liking... It's been a trend, and I'm hoping it's changing, so I'm going to try to do this in a positive spin. Things that I'm not liking is our license sales are down $2 million from what they have been. So in the industry over the last three or four years, you hear a lot of the retailers you know, saying, golly, my business is off. You hear a lot of the big box stores, my business is off. We're off 20%. We're 30% off. A lot of people wanted to contribute that in the years past that we had such warm winters can't really say that this year we've had a pretty good cold winter mm-hmm. so they're saying the numbers are off well you know they want to point fingers it's because of the weather it's because of this it's because of that fact of the matter is is if you take two million people less that are buying license that's two million consumers we should be going in the other direction mm-hmm. it tells me that you know through like we talked about people watching devices or or what have you our death rate is way bigger than our birth rate as far as hunters go. So everybody wants to preach, you know, hey, take, you know, uh, you know, hey, go hunt and have a happy, uh, you, you know, hunt or what have you. And we're, we're celebrating it, I guess, as, a, you know, what we do as far as outdoors entertainers. But we all should. If you're a licensed hunter, you should take someone hunting. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, you guys, if your neighbor's over there that does sheetrock for a living, he's never hunted, but he's seen you drag a deer in there and you're skinning it out, invite him hunting and welcome to welcome him to the world. Another thing we need to do is I think we need to dumb it down a little bit. A lot of times it's gotten, everybody's gotten so caught up in killing a monster deer and it's got to be six years old or seven years old before you can kill it. Mm-hmm. And don't get if that's what you want to do, but... Let's not preach that to, you know, again, Billy. A 10-year-old or even like, that. Yeah. A guy that uh, he only gets to hunt five days a year. If he wants to go out there and kill a doe, let's celebrate that. Absolutely. I mean, don't make him feel like he's a, a, a horse's rear end if he does kill a four-pointer. He does kill a five-pointer. Mm-hmm. He went out there and he had fun. He bought a license. He bought products. He enjoyed hunting. He had a positive experience. He filled this freezer. 
and he's going to pass that on to someone else. We need to celebrate that. If it's if it's legal and someone's doing it, we need to celebrate it. We don't need to make someone feel bad because they shot a two-year-old. Look, if that guy only got five days to hunt, man, high five to him. If it was legal, shoot the fire out of that thing. That's what this God's renewable resources is, is for. So that that's what I don't like. I don't like that there's a you know stigmatism that you got to kill a five-year-old and you look down upon if you do kill one by all means if you are a you know a Lee Lukoski or you know Don Kiske or you have these fantastic farms by all means I think it's wonderful I would do the same exact thing but we need to make sure we celebrate everybody that buys a license mm-hmm. as long as they're legal and 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 make it a positive and make sure that you take someone hunting I don't care if you're no matter if you're on tv not on tv if you're a a business owner or not, if you hunt and buy a license, I wish everybody would take introduce someone else to hunt in a year. We double our numbers. Think about that. Well, yeah, that's, that, a, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, Cody. and no sauce about Iowa. They just passed a law this year that if you are a licensed hunter, you can take someone out with you hunting without a license and introduce them to the outdoors. That's pretty huge. That is, I, Iowa has got their stuff together. I mean, honestly, because they protect oh, yeah. their resources well. I honestly, Iowa, uh, of all the states I've hunted, Iowa has, they are so buttoned up. They've got their stuff together. They really do. I've always said that Illinois needs to model everything they do after Iowa, and I'm still waiting. I just, we talked to a state senator that's local to us that uh, he, he comes in, does a couple podcasts. Shout out Neil Anderson. I love that and guy. And I've said that almost every time in here. Um, you know, we just need to look what I was doing and, and model everything we do, even our season dates, everything. Um, Illinois could learn a lot from Our Iowa. tax rates, everything. <laughs> yeah, Missouri, Missouri could do the same thing because, honestly, I believe, you know, the Illinois, Missouri, they're all the same as Iowa. I mean, you could have the same stuff here. That northern part of Missouri is a fantastic uh, a region, but because, you know, you're allowed to kill, you know, two or three bucks as a non-resident and it's over-the-counter tags, I mean, they're just, uh, it's just not quite as, as good as it could be. And plus, yeah. they have that rifle season you know during uh during the rut so that really hurts things too so and indiana just passed that too so i feel like indiana's going to take the hurt a little bit as far as just um kind of like what it could be like iowa is just getting better and better where i just think that that's what the conservation model should be out for all midwestern states you know it would be really awesome to see some changes um in that direction yeah but again you know if a guy if a guy you know whether he's a resident or not you know, I almost, I mean, I, I i would have loved to have, and I just wanted to do it just to shake things up just because we had that platform. As I told Michael, you know, just kidding around, I said, you know what, I'm going to come up here to this Iowa. I've got this coveted tag, and I'm just going to throttle the first three-pointer that comes by here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Everybody's all would drop. I mean, just absolutely like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe T-Bone had an archery Iowa tag, and he throttles a three-pointer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it would be talked about more than if I shot a 180, you know what? It oh, would. absolutely, it you would know. be. It yeah. would, but you'd still get a ton of respect for it in, yeah. in ways of appreciation rather and, than, I feel like more in appreciation rather than talking down to you. Yeah, yeah, actually. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that, you know, they, the way they've uh, set their careers up or the way that they they couldn't get away with that. But uh, we're, we're real fortunate with that bone collector that our, uh, you know our shows don't hinge on killing a 180 or 190 every week. So, yeah, uh, yeah. 
and and the cool thing was, you know, obviously every time you guys go to Iowa, you hunt with, uh, with whitetail properties, Gabe Adair. Yep. And uh, it seems like every time, so the, the I don't know if I want to ruin the most recent Bone Collector episode, but you have some success, and um, the first thing you do is, like, after, you know, that success uh, goes on, you take it to the deer processor, and then you sign that animal over to... What Iowa has is the Hush program, and I wish Illinois would adopt. We this have too. a Hunters for Hungry type, almost. Same I, it, thing. Yeah, and it, and, and it, but it's not like as. Uh, I think Iowa does it a little bit better, but um, the fact that Illinois still does it. So talk about the Hush program a little bit. Yeah, um, the Hush program is a fantastic program. It's a uh, help us stop hunger, and uh, you take it to there's they're designated uh, processors that that are a part of the Hush program. And you just donate your deer. Basically, you sign it over, and uh, you you they they distribute it to uh, people that that are you know that are in need of a of a good high protein meal. So uh, I forgot the numbers. I I remembered it when we were up there, but it was a it was amazing and how many deer were donated. I want to say several thousand that were donated last year just in Iowa alone to help provide meals. You know, and each each deer provides you know basically a hundred and something meals. So there's a lot of meals provided for, you know, folks that are in need in the great state of Iowa. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful program. Yeah, me and Eric donate probably what two three deer a year there. Yep, and I've even uh, I mean a lot of people know me in the community as being a hunter. So, if they hit a deer with a car or something, they'll call me, and if I don't need the meat, I'll at least get the extra tag and be like, okay, I'll take the tag and then take it to a processor and donate it to the Hush program. Yep, yeah, it's great, and and most every state has got something like that. Um, um, we have hunters for the hungry down here in Georgia too, and then um, I don't think they did it this year. But something that they did is they take the prisoners and they have a mobile process in place. So they'll they'll uh, put the dates online and they'll put the dates that they're going to do it. They'll go. They'll have like six or seven or eight stops around the state, and they'll be in your region. And they'll say for two days here, we've got this mobile cooler. And you can you can drop it, and then what it is is it feeds the prisoners. The prisoners do all the processing, and they 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 make the meat to feed for the prisoners. So that's something that uh, the state doesn't have the burden of of having to pay for the meal. So that's wow. another good way. That's amazing. That Cutting cool. the backstrap off here, boss. Getting some yep. tenderloins, boss. <laughs> yep, exactly. Shaking the bush, boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anybody, uh, all right. well, if anyone get that reference, I will applaud you. I don't get it, but I respect okay. it because T-Bone got it, too. <laughs> right, T-Bone got it. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah, just cool. Yeah. I'd rather see meat utilized from wild game in one way rather than sitting there on the side of the road and just going to rot, you know? So any way that it's utilized in a positive or a just – if it's consumed in a good way, it's it's refreshing to see. Yep, I'll tell I'll tell y'all a funny story about that. I um, I fly so much, so I'm, I pull up at the Atlanta airport, and they have a parking lot. It's the it's the Atlanta parking ride. So there's a shuttle. So you pull up, you park, and there's a shuttle bus, and you jump on the shuttle bus. And and uh, years ago, it's probably been about four or five years ago. Um, I pull up, and there's a, a a black man. He's driving it, and he's probably seventy, I'd say, maybe maybe a little older than that, early seventies. And and I go to get on. And he looks at me, and he goes, uh, T-Bone. And, you know, you don't expect a, a black man to, to recognize you or whatever. And he said, right. goes, uh, he says, T-Bone. And I said, yeah. He goes, uh, he goes uh, I've been watching them shows, man. I know who you is. 
so, uh, <laughs> so I go on the bus and uh, b- become really good friends with him. You know, I'd seen him. I'd see him occasionally. You know, he'd pick me up or drop me off or whatever. I had a really good. He goes, man. He goes, I'm a I'm a rabbit hunter from way back. He goes, man. I I like watching them shows and and we talk and he's just the friendliest guy ever was. And I said, I said, would you like some? His, his name's Jimmy. But I call him Mr. Jimmy. I said, Mr. Jimmy, you would you like some deer meat? Oh, T-Bone, man, I I would love that. So uh, every year now, um, since then, for the last five years, I always kill him a deer, have it processed, and take it up there to him. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, man, he yeah he he texts me about at seventy something years old, and he'll 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 text me like about once a week, just checking in, and man, just the nicest guy, man. I'm telling you, he's so nice. That's awesome. And, uh, now, you seen? Uh, I showed him pictures of killed some big hogs last year. Actually, me and Pitts did a thermal imaging hunt last year for hogs, and I showed him some pictures. He goes, "Man, I'd love to have some wild pork. Man, that'd be good." So, <laughs> so we're on a. Our buddy's got a place in South Georgia that's got some hogs, so we're going to get Mister Jimmy a hog here for long and have it all butchered up for him. That yeah, is that's so gonna cool. be awesome. That's amazing. At, dude, at like seventy years old, does he send emojis or is he is he kind of not? Oh, no, that? no, it's just it's just the bare minimum, man. You get some. <laughs> you just put, how are you doing, Bone? That's about it. Okay, because yeah, you start texting people that old, either either you're either you're gonna you're gonna get with like three letters, or you're gonna get like everybody that has the proper punctuation everywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep. That's but, cool. Uh, man. No, he, he, as he goes, man, I don't want to bug. I don't want to bug you, but but uh, no, he's a great guy, man. It's always a pleasure to see him. And um, I, I said I've got I've, I've gotten to be friends with a lot of the shuttle drivers up there, so uh, it, it just tells you that you're away from home too much. But uh, Mister, J- they always give me fits. All the other drivers said, "Man, you got to spread that love around and bring some deer to us." <laughs> Hey, I want I want to ask you uh, real quick. Um, don't want to dive too deep into it, but uh, I saw a show about. Um, it's called like Suburban Deer Hunter, and they hunt deer in like the suburbs of Atlanta. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good friends with those guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's on Carbon mm-hmm. TV. I love that it's show. A great show, and that is wild to me. It's like you know they're hunting. I'm like, hey, that's where the uh, Walking Dead's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, they're just monster deer. Yeah, actually, Walking Dead's filmed right here where we're at. My wife is, she's kind of a Walking Dead stalker. She'll get off from work and go go walk and, I mean, go uh, visit where they're filming and stuff like that. It's filmed right here. Really? Not even, yeah, not 15 miles from our house. Wow, but, that's um, interesting. Yeah, I don't even watch the show. I'm not, not, a, not a fan of it at all, but my wife, she's nuts all over it. <laughs> I got her a uh, Norman Reedus to uh, autograph something for her, and... I think that's the best gift I ever got her. <laughs> well, there you go. Not not your child <laughs> or anything. Yeah, just that <laughs> the guy who shoots the crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> but at the uh, uh, yeah up in Atlanta, I mean, some of the biggest deer. If you look at the record books, some of the biggest deer here as of the last ten years are being killed right there on the Chattahoochee River system that runs right through Atlanta. So um, yeah, they just learn to adapt. Um, Lee and uh, Drew and uh, the other guys. Um, um, they all have just to adapt to, to to be honest i mean it seems it would seem easier at first but i i think it's way harder just because there's so many other things to have to contend with than just hunting the deer right there's That's so many other right. factors that play in yeah because the chattahoochee gets hotter than the hoochie coochie <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is what i've heard yeah that's the biggest factor <laughs> thanks yep, for that, that's Steve. right but, 
Sorry. No, and they, they got other people hunting them and, and uh, just, you know, cars and, you know, uh, anti-hunters. And, it, yeah, there's a lot of hurdles there. So um, I don't know that I'd even want to attempt that. So hats off to them. I told them, <laughs> you guys are doing a, a fantastic job. I don't know if, you know, you can keep that up because, uh, you know, how much, you know, if that resource is going to get depleted, especially with more and more and more people yeah. once they're bringing, shining a little light on it. That's yeah, sad, but it, it's cool. I, Steve's been harping me to watch that show, and I haven't done it yet. But I need oh, that's to, awesome. I need to get on there. Um, good buddy Mark Land. I know you guys know him from uh, from Muzzy. He's been. He told me yeah. that you guys got to get these guys on the show, man. So I've been chatting with him about it a little bit as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're, they're good guys. Well, you know, some of my favorite bone collector episodes. Um, you've done them. I think it was like five, uh, six, and seven, where you guys were hunting in Pennsylvania. Just you know, in the suburbs, it was pretty similar. And it just, it's, I guess it's interesting to see, you know, you're sitting there in the back of someone's <laughs> neighbors cooking someone's hamburgers back. on the grill right. and yeah, you're just smoking those. <laughs> that big old deer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, that was my idea to do that show. And, you know, um, and the reason why is because there's so many hunters in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and New York. And, you know, when we do shows up that way, we'd see so many hunters at those shows. Like, the Harrisburg show is going on right now and it's the largest hunting uh, expo in the you know in the country and there's so many people come through there well you know you guys are from Iowa and and Illinois and uh, you know the Midwest is the Mecca it's where everybody wants to go but fact of the matter is is you know once again Billy Joe Lunchbucket he can't he can't afford to go to the Midwest they all want to at some point and they love watching the shows but I said let's do a show where there's so many hunters and this is the way these guys are having to scratch their itch. This is the way. Let's celebrate how these guys have to do it. And that's the way they have to do it. So uh, it's one of our most talked about episodes, actually. We get a lot of There's some of feedback. my favorite as well. Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, it's just the way they have to do it. Uh, we're talking about doing a Florida uh, episode where we run dogs, uh, you know, because they dog hunt down there just like rabbit hunting. But you do it uh, in Florida with dogs. So we're talking about doing an episode like that just kind of, you know, Change it you up. guys probably at West don't even realize that's the way they hunt deer down in, in Florida, but that's the way they do. So we're talking about going to Key West and shooting some of those Key West deer. Their season starts like in July. So uh, It's amazing. I mean, it's I'll, insane. Uh, but uh, we, we're, we're talking about, you know, doing some different things, you know, just to kind of, you, you know, uh, shake it up a little bit. Not the stand. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all love, you know, Kansas, Iowa. That's, that's always going to be the bread and butter, but. Uh, you know, no matter where you're from, you, you like to celebrate the way you have to scratch your itch, and that's you, you do as you do. Yeah, Hopefully right. Is where you're hunting. Our our buddy Walter is actually going to be happy. He has a podcast, Chasing Tales podcast. He's from Florida, and he's going to be happy that someone's actually talking positive about Florida deer for <laughs> once. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're tiny. They're I got I've had black labs bigger than some of their deer. <laughs> Well, transitioning to that, like doing different hunts, out of all the hunts that you've had, are there any that you wish you could have a second chance at? I, well, if I, I think Steve said he's seen the episode this year. Uh, I wished I had to eat a Kansas tag, and I hit a hit a barbed wire fence uh, shooting at a big buck in, in Kansas this year. I wished I could do that one over again. But Well, um, well going from that. Like, Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, is that what you're meaning? Like, yeah. particular. 
Yeah, like a second yeah. chance or something you did wrong, you wish you could have done it different or another shot at a buck or whatever it may be. Oh, uh, yeah, there's – there's. I mean, I, I got a whole bag full of them. <laughs> I, I've had two two big heartbreaks in Kansas over the years. So, But uh, I love Kansas, but I've two of my biggest heartbreaks are from Kansas. But, oh, there's a bunch of them. You know, there's hindsight's always twenty twenty for all of us. What's out of all of them? I mean, this is going to be tough. I'm I'm sure, but one that sticks out to you in your mind. What's one that you're the most proud of? Uh, of a hunt? Yeah, of a hunt, or just something you've done for the show. Um, more specifically, like a hunt. Yeah. Um, uh, show related. Uh, I'm I'm proud that we went to the you know the northeast and hunted. That's one thing. But I guess if you had to nail it down to one hunt. It's the first year of Bone Collector. Um, I, I drew the Iowa tag. I, I, I drew the tag before we even started Bone Collector, meaning like I was going to go whether we filmed filmed it or not because I'd been putting in for four years for this tag. This was in 2008. Uh, we went up there, uh, Whitetail Property. Well, actually, I went up there the first week of season, hunted with Lee and Tiffany for five or six days, didn't see a deer to shoot. Uh, you know, and that can be a tough time, you know, when you go the first week of October. So I said, you know what, I'm, de- it took me a long time to, 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 to get this tag. I'm devoting a lot of time. So I went back like the last week of October and, uh, didn't have a camera guy. So Nick, uh, agreed to come down and film me. Nick was a camera guy, uh, if y'all remember. Mm-hmm. Real- so he came to film me. You know, we're just getting our legs under us as far as trying to gather footage for Bone Collector. Uh, Gabe Adair, uh, he, he just gave us some property. No one's ever hunted this. It was in Unit 6, so it's not where he lives. He lives in Unit 5, so we were over in 6, which was near Lee and Tiffany. And he had a couple farms, and he just said, guys, I don't know much about it. Here it is. We threw up some trail cameras. We uh, threw up a few stands. We scouted it, hung all the stands, and then went back in there, and it was a, uh, it was just textbook. I mean, it was right at the free rut. We seen a buck down in these bottoms, rattled. Uh, grunted, he, uh, big buck come up and he uh, kind of lost interest. So I snort wheezed and brought him back and it ended up being the biggest buck I've killed so far. Um, still, and then just the emotional of, Hey, this is our first year bone collector. It took me four years to draw this egg. I hadn't, had never killed a buck over 150 with my bow ever. And, uh, you know, it was my first buck over 150, scored 162. And, you know, Nick was filming me. We, you know, it was just like the pride, everything pride factor was there. It was a big mature deer. We hung the stands. It wasn't like a, going to an outfitter and they said, sit here and here's a picture. We did all the scouting ourselves. It was all, you know, do it yourself. So all these little things just uh, added up as far as the, the pride factor. And I shed a tear in the stand. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm proud of it. I, I shed a little tear there. I was. I cried a lot this year. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that 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 probably sticks out as one of the most memorable hunts. Yeah, for good reason. I can see that, man. That's that's a cool story. It's kind of was almost like a meant to be the way it all piled together. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was. It was a it was a good hunt, actually. I don't know why I, I we seen it somewhere the other day, and like you, you thought all these hunts would be just like you, you'd remember every one of them, but it, man, that's been eleven years ago, you know. So, <laughs> man, from that, that's like, crazy. I, I need to get some of these DVDs and look at look at some of these old hunts and just kind of reminisce. Wait, wait, how old uh, how old is your son again? He's twelve. 
Oh, okay. All right. I was kind of wondering how long that celebration lasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, uh, the I, I will say this: the conception on that. I just had got back from a hunt from Real Tree Road Trips, and uh, I think I was. I think me and the wife was celebrating coming home from Texas on a hunt in December, and wham, bam! There's old Archer, my son Archer, in about nine months. <laughs> <laughs> celebration time. Now there you go. <laughs> Because that that meme's going around, you know, it's like, hey, in nine months you could be hunting big bucks in you know November. Be careful what you do, February fourteenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's real. That's, it is right. real. Well, what you know, going back, you know, to the the beginning, what reaction did you have, or what did you think the first time you saw yourself on like a real tree DVD or on on a major outdoor network? Do you remember that seeing yourself on TV or, or anything like that? Yeah, um, I, well, like I, I shot competitively all through the 90s, and I and I owned my own store uh, and then started doing stuff for the Realtree guys, and then they'd asked me to be a part, you know, back in the T-Bone days. And I guess that's the first time I, I was on a DVD, and uh, it was kind of surreal. I was like, man, I never thought that this would – I mean, way back when – I, I wanted to do something in the outdoor industries. I mean, in the early 90s, I, I got a two-year degree in, as an HVAC technician. I never actually worked on that at all. I worked for Mercedes-Benz, and I just said, you know what, I love competing in archery, and I love working on bows. I'm going to try this while I don't have any uh, responsibilities, and I'm going to try to make a living in the outdoor industry. I had no aspirations of being on TV at all. I just I just wanted to fletch airs and work on bows and tell hunting stories and just wherever it went it went and then when this happened i thought well here's my 15 minutes of fame i get to play uh a sidekick with jeff foxworthy and and man i i'd I'd be that's fun you know i can i can say i did that you know i thought that's as far as it was going to go but you know watching the dvd and then realtree all of a sudden just kind of swooped me up and sending me to grand openings at bass pro shops i was i was walking in the back doors looking like t-bone and coming out and doing (laughs) <laughs> meet and greets like Arnie and stuff like that is T-Bone. So I, I was like, golly, I can't believe folks are gravitating and really enjoying this, you know, kind of comic relief in the hunting industry. So, yeah, it kind of, I, I just figured it was going to be a one-and-done type thing, but I was proud of it, and I guess we just kind of maximized the opportunity, and then, well, here it is 18 years later, we're still doing it. It's crazy. Because uh, we talked a little bit before the show Last night on Sportsman's Channel, I was watching, and they were talking about on uh, Monster Bucks, the, the introduction of T-Bone, and it showed how yeah. you got pulled on. It showed you killing that doe with uh, Sadie uh, in the stand. <laughs> I, you missed the little one and then shot the big one. She ran right in the back of the truck, and you said, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what your quote was. Quarter yeah, into it was Make like, sure she's towards the truck. Yes, and that's like the best thing ever. I'm like, that is so funny. And I remember watching the DVDs with all that in hunting camp when I was younger, and my dad rolling backwards in his chair laughing, and our buddy Jim Burns and everyone we shared hunting camp just laughing yeah. their asses off at that. It was just refreshing to see something new like that. It know, was brand new the to the industry. hunting industry. Yeah. It was awesome. It still is. Just kind of, well, I mean, you know, with the Monster Bucks DVDs, they always had, it was just, you know, 40-something hunts, which which is not a bad thing at all, but, you know, they started putting an archery tournament there to b- kind of break up the monotony, and it seemed like... I love like, that. I love that. Yeah, the kids and, the, you know, the, the wives, and, you know, it's something to watch at hunting camp, and 
you know, the guys get together on a Friday or Saturday night and, you know, it just kind of broke it up. It was like a little bit of a soap opera to go along with all the hunts. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was so blessed and so thankful that people really loved that. So, Something that I always think about, uh, Bone, and I don't know if you could make this happen or even if it would be possible. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we yep. go. All this, right. this is like, to me, this is the equivalent of like Conor McGregor versus Mayweather type yeah, situation. Okay. Here we go. Well, hear me out, though. Right. How cool would it be to have a big 3D shoot style, just like they used to do on the Realtree videos? And you guys kind of did this with the pop-up targets with Lee and Tiffany, the Seance Relu's, you guys to do a big like celebrity filmed um like pop-up tournament or something like that where everyone sh- all the big personalities in the industry shoot against each other and it's filmed and made into a DVD. And I don't know maybe that's just fun to me because I grew up watching everyone. What the hell is a DVD? Well, I buy DVDs still. <laughs> Anywhere it could be, but I just think that would be so much fun to watch everyone cutting up and shooting against each other just like a hunting celebrity. I know that's you might hate that word, but um, t- archery tournament or 3D tournament type of situation. Yeah, we uh, actually, some of the expos we go to, there's one in Wisconsin that we've done in the past where DFS? they always have a. Yeah, yeah, we've done it there. I've um, shot there several years. And then um, last year we had a Real Tree Summit when they were telling us about, this was in May, and they had a, every Real Tree pro staffer from across the country was there, and there was probably. 60 or 80 of us, and we had a tournament. Josh uh, and Kristen McDaniel were there. Yeah. Yes, it was in like a big pop-up, like a like a circus tent. Yep, that's right. So, uh, they, And I know they did film some of that. I don't know wherever that footage Well, it footage sounds is. like I just need to go and be a fanboy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, but we, we had a good time doing that, actually. Um, Who won that? Like, uh, Nick won it, and then Chris Ashley got second, and then I was third. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, run the show, run the show. Man, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah Nick, boy, Nick was shooting lights out, man. I'm telling you, he was, he, he couldn't miss that day, I'm telling you. Man, well, I love that. Well, let's. And let's, he let us know it, too, boy. He poked his chick. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Oh, I bet. That's Nick for you, ain't it? <laughs> well, hey, tell hey, you what. Nick. Well, speaking of, speaking yeah. of lights out. Um, we're going to do some rapid-fire questions. You know the drill. Well, You've been through this. It's more of a rapid-fire slash random question, question segment, if that's cool it with is. you. Okay. So one question is, hoodie or a vest? Oh, man, I like them both. That's hard. Uh, probably hoodie. Right. So this is a hard transition to this segment, I feel like, but I, I, I feel like it. We had to get into it. Here, we'll, we'll soften it up. Favorite pro wrestler? Andre the Giant. No, no, no. Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg. You don't know, like Gilberg? Yeah, Gilberg. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Gilberg, right? If we don't need to explain oh. anymore. Yeah. Wisconsin cheese or Iowa pork? Wisconsin cheese. Nice. Okay, this is this is a would you rather. Would you rather not eat cheese for the rest of your life or not wear socks? Not wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm t- I'm torn yeah, on that that's one. That's a tough one. Okay, if you had to that share, is. go ahead, T Bone. I said, yeah, that is a tough tough one. There, I'm a. I like my socks now. I even, I've been wearing socks with Crocs, man. <laughs> that's what's up. So- that's hey, what's up. Hey, socks with Crocs or Crocs without socks. 
Crocs with socks. Always. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> you and Eric, man. I always just think about that. Would you rather? It's like your feet will just get tough and you won't notice anymore, but cheese is good on everything, so I'd just rather have cheese the rest of my life, you know? Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. If you had to share a sleeping bag with someone, would you rather share it with Nick or Michael? Probably Nick. He's smaller. <laughs> <laughs> hey, would you rather shoot a random coyote or finally kill that fly that's been flying around for like the past hour? Fly. Fly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good. very satisfying feeling. Man, I'm telling you, I, I, I've, I've had some moments with some... You ever get one of those brave flies that, that just like... You can't even swat him away. He just keeps coming back. I mean, I, I've threatened to get my shotgun several times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wham. Okay, this one's, um, we know it's painful for you to do our podcast. We figured we'd ask this question here. Uh, would you rather do the Working Class Bowhunter podcast or get a root canal? Root canal. Yeah. He was right off the, he's yeah. like, man, <laughs> I'd rather do that. Us too, man. Us too. We're 200 <laughs> deep. It's painful. <laughs> okay, this is a stretch, but we figured Ooh, we no, I, Hey, speaking of teeth, would you rather have to have braces in your adult life or put a working class bow hunter sticker in your truck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take the sticker. I've already had braces. I don't want to go through that. <laughs> I'm glad we're less embarrassing than braces. Yeah, that is yep. good. This one's a stretch, but we got to ask it. What is your favorite conspiracy theory, if you even believe in them or anything like that? Oh, I hope so. What's a conspiracy theory? Dude, that's the best conspiracy theory right there. Are there <laughs> conspiracy theories? Yeah. Okay, I was hoping it would be something wild, like you just... No, he's paid off by the Illuminati. I'm a big conspiracy theorist, so I just had we had to ask. You mean like the grassy knoll type thing? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Let's uh, indulge us. Yeah. No. Um. I don't know how to answer that, guys. I'm speechless on that one. <laughs> I guess I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. Well, yeah. Either it's like people either are or they aren't. I I'm a sucker for them. I I'm love not. I love the idea of them, and so I always joke about them. I joke about them more that I believe in them than I actually believe in them. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll find out right here. Hey, T Bone, we landed on the moon. True or false? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was getting ready to talk about. <laughs> Meaning, like for years, I've always thought that, but now I'm scratching my head. I'm like, you know, like if we did that back then, why ain't we been back? Or like, why why don't we even celebrate that anymore? What I mean, have they done everything they needed once we was there the one time? I'm like, was that just fake? Just to kind of. Right. You know, I don't know. Oh, dude, we're starting to get some feedback. Uh, is it the Illuminati? I think so. No, it's checking in. I do wonder that. Or there's so many. Con I, there's some conspiracy theories that I don't even want to mention because they're kind of dirty. But, like, <laughs> they're dirty. <laughs> there's just so many. There's a conspiracy theory for just about everything nowadays where they're ridiculous. Like, won't, like. What about. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Tupac or Biggie? What about that? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one right there. See, that's one. There's um. All right, favorite rapper, Tupac or Biggie? <laughs> uh, neither one of them. <laughs> you're not East Coast or West Coast. You're a too short fan, aren't you? I'm a Nelly. I'm, I'm from the Lou. <laughs> you're Nelly St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> all right. Country grammar yep. is all T-Bone speaks. My wife yep. just became your best friend because every time Nelly comes on at random on Pandora, she's yep. like. 
too pumped about yep. it. I'm like, why Nelly? I don't I don't get it. But because uh, she's going down, down, baby, no three in the rain. Sweet sweeper, yep. baby. Hot, ready to let it go. I don't know. I'm on my Uh-oh. Are you really that big of a Nelly fan? Yeah, I like Nelly pretty good. Oh, um, my God, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Justin Nine? Timberlake, mainly, though, man. I mean, just I'm a huge Justin Timberlake fan. I, I probably lose a lot of fans by saying that, but, hey, it is what it is. I like JT. No, oh, I get that. I respect that. There's a... I like Miley Cyrus, and people probably hate me for that. She I listen handles to, business. I listen to everything, Kinda. man, so I understand it. Yeah, I listen to everything. All right, one more question, and Steve had one earlier. What was it? The 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 country music one. It was. Oh yeah. All right, here we go. This is a country country music one for you. Sammy Kershaw or Joe Diffie? Joe Diffie. Oh yeah. <laughs> man, dude, imagine a Joe Diffie and Nelly collaboration. Dude, it'd be like uh, John Deere green is uh, the St. Louis Arch under a fall moon night. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, but just something women like about a pickup man. <laughs> yeah, there That's you right. Go. That's right. The classics. Well, I think we should close yeah, we, it at Joe we, Diffie. Uh, we hunted with Boy Morgan uh, years back, and we heard quite a bit about Sammy Kershaw, so... Uh, yeah, I'm a Joe Diffie fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he really lives in a double wide. <laughs> He's looking for a queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should close it on Joe Diffie because that would be the classiest way to close out episode 200. Oh, yeah. Can we yep. listen to Third Rock from the Sun since uh, we might not be the uh, only planet near the sun? Okay. Conspiracy theory. T-Bone, thank you so much for doing the podcast again, man. Thanks for everything you've done for us. Um, We look up to you, and we just appreciate the heck out of you. No, you you guys, too. Much respect, guys. I, uh, I, you know, I posted, we had talked about it behind the scenes, but uh, I posted, uh, I'm proud of my little uh, working-class bowhunter trophy, man, that y'all gave me, so I was honored by that. um, That means a lot. So I got it up there on the shelf right there beside a couple of the golden mooses. That's awesome, man. You earned it. Yep, yeah, hey, we, we had nothing to do with that. That was the was uh, fans. The fans that listen to this. So uh thank you fans for listening and um you know, always respecting what we do and putting T Bone up on that. Like the, the, you legitimately won that. Like we didn't Hands fix down. that or anything. That's not a conspiracy oh, I theory. Appreciate it, man. Y'all are doing <laughs> a, a fantastic job. Y'all are the the voice of the working class bow hunter. I, I I like the name of the, the podcast. I told y'all that from the word go and and, uh, you know, it's very entertaining. Y'all are hitting all the right the notes and everything. So just keep up the good work, make it entertaining, and just just celebrate hunting in general. So uh, just keep doing it. And, and remember, just tell everybody every week, just say, take somebody that is halfway introduced, uh, 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 halfway a little bit interested in hunting. Go get them a license and take them out there. Let's double them numbers. Definitely, definitely. Well, we will do a better job at that, and I think all of us could do a better job at that, everyone listening as well. Um, yep. And we close out every podcast with Go Shoot Your Bow, and that's the end. And since it's episode 200, I'd like you to close it out with Go Shoot Your Bow for us. All right, guys, everybody out there listening and working class bow hunter, go shoot your bow. We love you.
every once in a while it's fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun. Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.